All right, B-listers, you know the drill. This is your official spoiler alert for the episode. If you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now. And if you don't care about spoilers, hold on to your seats because this episode starts now. Listers. Hi, welcome to the Bee Critics Podcast. We're your hosts, Liz and Court. And our guest critic for this episode is Annika. Hi, Annika. Hello. Hi, so, welcome. Yeah. Annika is one of our really good friends. We've all gotten close. We run in the same friend group. Um, Annika's now husband is one of my husband's really good friends. And Annika just has some really great takes, so yes. we're super excited for this. Um, Annika, do you want to introduce the movie? Yes. So this is um, Twilight Eclipse, so the third movie adaptation of the Twilight book saga. So this is number three out of technically five movies. Woo! Woo! <laughs> it is so weird how like this era of movies, they like or book to movies they were making them all like one extra mm -hmm. movie so it doesn't add <laughs> yeah. up yeah because they have to like stretch it out as much as they can <laughs> yeah for sure um and rightfully so because these were very successful movies mm -hmm. especially but in the time yeah 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 for sure and they were like well i mean we'll get into it um <laughs> but eclipse specifically is the third movie in the twilight saga um, in this movie, the Collins make an unlikely alliance with Jacob's wolf pack to take on Victoria and her newborn vampire army who are coming after Bella. Really, though, it's a story of Edward versus Jacob, of who Bella wants to be and who maybe she should be. Bella has to decide if she's really ready to say goodbye to her human life and marry Edward, despite Jacob desperately vying for her love and threatening to give up on her the moment her heart stops beating. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love the tease, like how it's like before her heart stops beating, because like if you read the books, like, you know, like the transition doesn't happen in Eclipse, but yet like <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're reading that, like not knowing anything, you're like, oh, maybe this is it. You're like, no, not yet, but you're going to watch the entire movie. Hold on to your that. horses. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. This movie is just like, I feel like this movie is a big transition movie. Like it's like setting so much stuff up. Mm -hmm. um, but this movie came out in 2010. And again, we have a third director, um, David Slade, same screenwriter, Melissa Rosenberg, for I think she's done all three movies up to this point. Um, but this movie, I think in particular, had the widest independent release at the time, which I just think means it like hit all the most theaters worldwide. Yeah. So this was an independent movie. All of them yeah. are independent movies. And this one specifically was released in 4,100 theaters, which is what? kind of unheard of. So it's been surpassed though since then, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. But I think, sure. I mean, at the, at the time, it was definitely unheard of. I think it took a few years to be surpassed as well. Um, okay. So before we get into it, Annika, we need to know <laughs> are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? 
So this is a very loaded question because I feel like <laughs> when all this was happening, like I read the books, like I was that girl, um, like in yeah, middle same. school. Oh, we all were. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Everyone wanted like to be 25 like, oh. times. Yeah, like everyone wanted to be like, oh no, I'm not into Twilight. But then they're like secretly like reading the books. Yeah. And, like, so yeah. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was very much like, I wanted to. So let me put it this way. I'm more like, in my like humble opinion, if it were me, I'd rather be a vampire <laughs> and like date the werewolf. So at the time, I was like, <laughs> very like, yeah, like Team Edward, but I really like Jacob. So like yeah. Team yeah. Jacob. So I was very like, <laughs> depends on the situation, but like I was very much for Edward. Yeah. Now that's kind of flipped. Um, oh, I'm very much Team Jacob because in like, Yay. I think like just reviewing it, uh-huh. I mean, you really see like kind of, and I'm going to make like a big assumption here. Edward is kind of an abusive boyfriend. Like, yeah, especially in this movie, too. He's like super controlling. He plays mind games. Yeah, manipulative. Like, he's always there and always like um, questioning her and like, why, why Mm -hmm. did you do that? Like, oh, you went and saw Jacob and now, like, I'm going to show up at your house and ask you a million different questions about like, break your car and break (laughs) your car. Could you imagine if that happened like in real life? Like, if someone, yeah, that was wild, you were dating, like, (laughs) broke your car and was like, you can't leave. Like, that's yeah. not okay. So, <laughs> retrospect, I guess, like, now, presently, Team Jacob. That's what happens Yay. when the age gap is too big. Another yeah. Jacob girly. Courtney's on an island all by herself, Team Edward. <laughs> I thought I had you there for a second, and then you just, like, totally flipped on me. I was like, what the heck is Ripped going on? Ripped it out from under you. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry. I've always been, like, Edward, like, because obviously, like, you look at the story holistically and you're like, I guess he's not that bad, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Jacob was just like, I don't know. He's a better partner and a better person. I feel like maybe not a better yeah. person. I feel like they're po- like on the same playing field there, but well, a better partner. Um, and like, even though Bella technically in the end of everything gets exactly what she wants, I do feel like Jacob could have given her, everything without like sacrificing like family and anything. children and anything yeah mm-hmm. yeah I that's perfect I ahead. I... <laughs> no that's like and exactly <laughs> what this movie is all about and we're going to talk so so much about it mm-hmm. um one thing we've been doing for all the movies is also talking about like the meaning of the title of it being called eclipse and like what that actually means as well have you thought at all about that, Annika? I really haven't, actually. I don't think I ever really understood why. I guess if, like, I had to guess, it's, like, moon phases and it's, like, the darkness or, like, I'm not in – I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an astronomer. I couldn't even but. tell you, like, what eclipse is. I'm pretty sure it's, like, when one thing covers up the other. Maybe yeah, I like so – it's like there's a multiple kinds of eclipses. Yeah. So there's a lunar eclipse where it blocks out the sun – and there's a solar eclipse where the sun blocks out the moon. Okay. So uh, while we were in college, actually, we had a lunar eclipse. Remember, yeah. there's yeah. like the pictures of um, uh, Donald Trump like staring directly into the sun because he didn't need the glasses. So <laughs> we had a lunar eclipse in our lifetime, which is pretty cool. Um, 
But for this book and movie specifically, she chose the title Eclipse because this is the point in time where we find out that her affections for Edward are eclipsing her affections for Jacob. So she's gotten to her crossroads and she's chosen one over the other. It's a metaphor. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's the same idea. She uses it multiple times throughout the the book and the movie. Um, so you've got the Volturi and their power and how they're the true villains eclipsing Victoria's army. Right. Yeah. So there's like multiple times throughout where you have this like eclipse of one thing over another. So that's where the title comes from. Yeah, it makes so much sense because this is, I mean, we touched on it a bit, but this is like really a pivotal point in the series where like Mm -hmm. Bella's learning a lot of information and like having to make a lot of decisions. And you said it best, like she's kind of at a crossroads, like she's stuck in this book and, um, and yeah, we'll get, we'll get into like, I mean, I think it's shown by at the very beginning, she's in the meadow with Edward, right? And then at the very end, she's in the meadow with Edward and they're talking about the same exact thing, like them getting married. So it's kind of like the same starting and ending point, but like so much stuff happens in between. A lot of stuff happens. And also they're, well, I mean, (laughs) he's like, what, 17. So I feel like it's such like a big pivotal moment of like a person's life of like, oh, like which path are you going down? And like, Mm -hmm. there's so much pressure on her. Like, I feel like, the valedictorian speech, for instance, I know, again, skipping way ahead, but like she, they were talking about like, oh, this is like the time to go ahead and like make mistakes and like, you know, whatever, because nothing's permanent. And she's sitting there like having like a mini panic attack, like, oh, crap. what I want to do is permanent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thing is actually really permanent. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of just like that moment of you're so young, like, looking back, I'm like, if I was 17 making that decision, like that's a, I mean, I don't know that I would be comfortable with that. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. Me as a 17 year old was, I was so like, I thought I was mature for sure, but I was so immature. Like looking back, like my, your frontal lobe isn't even fully developed. Like how do you make decisions like that (laughs) life changing? And even at that time, like I'm just thinking about it in terms of like deciding to marry somebody, but it's mm-hmm. not just that, right? Like she's deciding, do I want to like destroy my soul and become a vampire, which is so much bigger. Yeah. Like you're giving up so many like potential um, paths that you might want to take in your life. And she's also, again, like mm-hmm. lock- really locking herself down to one person. Because, the, yeah. I mean, once you kind of, like, make that transition, like, he's not going to let you go. Like, it's not like if something, <laughs> like, happens, it's not like you, like you guys can, like, break up and, like, just go on your merry ways. Like, you're in it. Like, that's, like yeah. – and that's yeah, 17. Yeah, you mentioned it. The divorce rate for humans and vampires is much lower. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a positive. Um, yeah, so you mentioned the valedictorian speech. Can we talk about Jess being the valedictorian? Yeah, like, that was that cute. Come from? <laughs> well, it doesn't it. make any sense in my opinion because the first the first couple movies she's like a ditz, right? Like she's silly and like then she becomes like the smartest person at the school. No, that's not realistic. She's not the valedictorian in the books. 
No. And also I feel like that might have been like an Anna Kendrick situation. Yes. Like this is like off screen. Like she started kind of getting big. This was still before yeah. Pitch Perfect, but mm. she was picking up different projects. So she probably – I wonder if it – and this is like a big assumption and, again, it has nothing to do with the movie itself, but maybe it was like salary negotiations. Like, hey, I need to yeah. get paid more because I'm doing well or like I'm, I'm better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, okay, well, we have to give you more lines if we're going to pay you more and we have to give you more of a mm-hmm. part. So therefore, she became the valedictorian like by default. Yeah. Like that's my I assumption. talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in New Moon where they – and when I say they, I'm talking about like the directors, the filmmakers, like everyone behind the scenes. They kind of started to realize what they had with Anna Kendrick because she was playing like a very small role in very, the first two small. movies. And I think they kind of figured out what they had because they gave her so much more. Like they started mm-hmm. to give her more. And in New Moon, a lot of her lines were improv like they they wow. wanted her to be a part of it, but she wasn't really written in. So that may also be why she ended up with the valedictorian spot because they wanted to showcase, like we know what we have here, and she did a great job in that scene. Yeah, yeah. she was. Perfect. It was very believable. <laughs> like, yeah, I believed it. I mean, and rightfully so. <laughs> like I feel like they saw her talent because I mean Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. is super talented. So they yeah. saw that they're like, oh, we should probably use this. Um, <laughs> Like I also get our money's like, worth. Yeah, exactly. I also feel like Kristen Stewart also, and this is going to be very bold as well. I feel like they got like <laughs> an acting coach or something because between Twilight and the mm-hmm. New Moon, and then like New Moon to Eclipse, it was a massive jump of like skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't as like she jumpy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was cast in multiple movies after twilight came out so she was in and i forget what it's called but it's the joan jett movie yeah and that one was huge for her career and i think it was a confidence thing honestly like i think a lot of it had to do with confidence yeah Yeah, you can tell like there was a lot of confidence she also had like freckles so i don't know if that helped too like i never (laughs) noticed the freckles like in the other movies and all of a sudden she had freckles so that might i think it's called the runaways The runaways, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, But Annika, to your point, like the whole speech with Anna Kendrick, like it was just so effective in highlighting like, hey, Bella's like making a big decision here. And it was Mm -hmm. like a great way to give Anna Kendrick – I mean, she executed the the speech perfectly, Mm -hmm. um, but it really transitioned the movie. But before we get into like all of that, so let's take a step back. This movie in general just has like – a lot more action like from beginning Mm -hmm. to end than any of the movies so far and the movie actually starts out like the first thing you see is riley getting turned into a vampire yep um and so i think that sets the precedent for like how this movie is gonna go um also you see victoria um i actually don't know if you see her in the very beginning of this movie but when we see her she is a new actress. So they recast Victoria in this movie with Bryce Dallas Howard, um, who I think is a much more significant actress. Um, She's in, I know she's in like the new um, Jurassic World movies, Mm -hmm. but she's in uh, some other stuff too. Yeah, she's in a lot. Like she's really like blown up like in popularity in the last few years for sure. 
Mm-hmm. I so both of the actresses, I'm gonna be honest, I've never heard of either of them. Um but <laughs> so Rachel Lefevre Lefevre, Lefevre, whatever. I think she's more random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was so I think Twilight kind of had like a lower budget, probably. Um, and so mm-hmm. they focused their casting on the main two characters and everyone else they kind of did their best and I think Rachel whatever her last name is I think she did a great job um the reason she wasn't recast because of anything because of her skills or because they wanted somebody else what happened was she accidentally double booked herself and yeah she booked you accidentally double book yourself for twilight what you would make that a priority I feel like this is your movie this is where you shine yeah so she tried right so she um took a it was a 10 day engagement for another movie and what what happened was when they announced that they were going to start filming Eclipse she had already committed to this 10 day thing and when she started talking with the filmmakers about like trying to make it work um they pretty much just said no thank you we'll cancel your contract and go with someone else <laughs> yikes so. I feel like though and what was that movie like can anyone name that movie I, literally I don't know exactly. literally I couldn't tell you I feel like she's <laughs> like yeah let's go with Eclipse Twilight like that's a name that's a franchise like I'm going to get recognized in that, but we can't sit here and say like, oh yeah, she was in that one movie. I'm so glad Mm -hmm. she chose that instead of Twilight. Well, and this one, Eclipse, is Victoria's movie. Like, this is her movie. She's in it. She keeps coming back up in it the whole time. She's a main character in this movie. It's Mm -hmm. like her heartbreak moment. And like, they, I don't know. I feel like, again, Bryce Dallas Howard did a phenomenal job, but it was kind of like, oh, that's Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, of course, now looking back on it, like watching it yeah. now, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And you kind of get taken out of the emotion of all of it because you're like, hey, like, is that a different actress than before? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that was a poor decision on their part or rather her part. But <laughs> her part, you know, we all we all take our paths in life. <laughs> Just like Bella did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Um, kind of shifting gears, how do we feel about all of Bella's narrating throughout the movie? I feel like this movie more so than – like I know there's narrating in Twilight and Eclipse. Um, new Moon. This I mean a New Moon. New Moon, it's a little bit different because she's like writing to Alice. But in this one, it's like straight up narrating. And I mean I'll let you all give your thoughts first. I mean I really didn't like notice it. I feel like okay. – <laughs> I think that was just like, and that might have been me because I was just like, I don't know. I didn't notice that it was her like narrating, so to speak. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you heard her talking, but I felt like it was a very like natural way to kind of help the story move along. But I mean, personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually really enjoyed it and I I made notes about it, about her narrating and how like I was listening I started listening to what she was saying and I was like Kristen Stewart did a great job with this narrating um because it it sounds like like inner monologue like it doesn't sound rehearsed Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound um like forced in any way I I actually thought she did a really good job I'm glad you brought it up Court 
Yeah, I think she did a good job with it too. Um, however, I found it very distracting. Like whenever she was narrating. <laughs> Says the girl who watches movies with the captions on them. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch this one with the captions because I know every line that's going to happen. But I did, I did find it distracting. I don't know why. I think maybe because like – it in this movie in particular to me it felt like a cop-out for actually like explaining what was going on I didn't feel like it was like truly Bella's inner monologue in the sense of like like she did a good job executing the lines but like it was more like her trying to explain what was happening with the with the tribes and with Edward and everything versus like in past movies it's been more of like how she's feeling and like what's going on in her head. And I appreciate that more as her inner monologue than just like trying to explain what's happening in the story, which I felt like it that was how it was used in this movie in particular. Um, and I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure all of the narrations are lines from the books. Yeah, I think and they are. I, I think Stephanie Myers had a lot to do with that. So she was Stephanie Myers was actually on set for all of the all of the movies. She I was there so. every time that they were um, recording or filming, I guess. And the reason why she was there is to make sure that they got the character backstories correct and to make sure that okay. if they had questions of like, how would Edward handle this situation or how would Jess do this or how would Victoria have acted this way? She Because she has all of that. Like mm-hmm. she created these characters. So she's the expert, right? Um, but she also... Uh, would sway direction. So I think she probably had a part in that. I will say too, so David Slade is known for like um, action slasher type movies. And Mm -hmm. that's the way that those types of movies are done. Instead of like acting everything out a lot of times they will have narrations and so I think some of that comes from the way that the director was the way that he does movies yeah that's such a good point and it it does like tie it back to the book like kind of tell the story but I did find it distracting (laughs) Um, I can't help it okay (laughs) so we're gonna move on from the narrating um this movie is like packed with information it's like the fifth harry potter book like there's just like a lot of stuff going on and um it's all about backstories so the first one that we learn about is one of the most interesting to me but it's when bella goes to the tribe mm-hmm. um the quill 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 utes quill I can't say it, but the tribe backstory (laughs) and she learns like the story of like how they all became wolves because they have like magic in their blood. Yeah. Um, And we hear the story of Taha Aki's wife sacrificing herself to save the whole tribe. Did you know that originally they had Kristen Stewart play the wife in that? No, that would have been so cool. That would have been so cool. So when they played it for test audiences, apparently the audience felt like it was like too dramatic and it was actually like comedic versus having that like, (laughs) it's supposed to be very serious. I could see that. And so, yeah. So they were like, "Eh, not doing that. (laughs) Well, I totally get that because they do that a lot throughout this movie because it Mm -hmm. kind of integrates like Bella's um, real world versus her dream world because they Mm -hmm. kind of like integrate, you know, and like – um 
and we'll get into it too with like the Jasper one, but she she mixes like characters in her head and mm-hmm. it definitely like there's times in these series where it does make me laugh when they do that. <laughs> so it probably was better that they removed that. <laughs> I think I'd also get confused again, like taking myself out of the books and like being like someone that read the books again, like this was probably like mm-hmm. at least 10 years ago that I read the books. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like taking yourself out of the books, not having read the books, and you're just jumping into the movies. If you saw Kristen Bell as the wife in that, you'd be like, wait, did I miss something in the books? Like, (laughs) you know how like some movies do the the whole thing where – actually, here's a great example because I am a big uh, Vampire Diaries fan. Um, And I kind of kept like getting like the werewolf rules kind of mixed up. Because there's werewolves in that, and then there's werewolves in this, obviously. Um, yeah. And in Vampire Diaries, um, there's like one of the main characters, Elena. She's a doppelganger of like this vampire, Catherine. So in all like the flashbacks that they have, where Catherine is there, it's Elena, the same actress, mm-hmm, um, and her name, yeah. like the actress's name, escapes me at the moment. But they like that makes breathe. Yes. Um, and so like that makes sense. Like you're seeing those flashbacks and you're like, okay, that's Catherine, not Elena. I see why they're doing that because of the story that's happening and the history that's there. I feel like mm-hmm. had they done that in Eclipse where Kristen Bell was standing in, people would be like, oh, wait, are they related? Is like that why, like, is that why? Jacob's like so enthralled with her is like because mm-hmm. enamored or whatever because it's like she's technically part werewolf or like she has the <laughs> werewolf blood in her like what what's going on there? <laughs> it would just blur the you keep line. saying Kristen you keep saying Kristen Bell on action oh my god I do <laughs> and Kristen I'm Stewart. sitting here imagining Kristen Bell <laughs> as Bella's role could you imagine like they put like a brown wig on her it would be the funniest shit i've ever seen oh my god it's like that when they did the um like the parody of the twilight series the movie yes it's like you just have like instead of kristen stewart you have kristen bell and (laughs) oh my god i'm sure she would sign on for in a heartbeat yeah oh yeah who wouldn't (laughs) So yes, Kristen Stewart, if she was in <laughs> rather than the actual wife, it would get very confusing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, so we also learned about the um, wolves, what imprinting is. And I thought that Jake- was so sweet, that whole conversation. I know. And Jacob explains to Bella what it is and like how he's kind of felt he's been in Sam's head so he kind of knows what it feels like and she Mm -hmm. asks him like in the most awkward fashion you can see the panic on her face when she asks him yeah she's like um have you ever imprinted before (laughs) what a weird way do I need to be concerned but then when he says no then it feels like she just got like gut punched like she's kind of like hoping like he was like yeah Bella I have and, and it's you. And it's you. It's always been you. Exactly. I think she was expecting that. Like, she was expecting, like, because she is the drama. So she was expecting, yeah. like, oh, drama. like, oh, so I need to go with you because you've imprinted on me. I'm like, 
mm-hmm. you know, we're tied together, but instead... Maybe I like, can have no. both if I explain to Edward that Jacob's imprinted on me. That- <laughs> what? <You know>? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> um, but it is interesting, like, kind of learning about the Sam, Leah, Emily love triangle a little bit mm-hmm. um, and, like, how hard that is for Leah and... They don't spend like quite as much time on Leah in this movie as they do like in the book. But she's actually like a really interesting character because um, Jacob like, you know, feels some sort of like, I don't know, like kinship to her because she's Harry Clearwater's daughter and um, but she's also like annoying and depressed all the time. So she's, (laughs) yeah. I think that um, Jacob feels more responsibility for a lot of the pack members because he Mm -hmm. is the rightful alpha like he's Mm -hmm. the one who's supposed to be leading them not that he would like want to take anything away from someone or it means that he like doesn't care about people but I think that does play into it and the way he cares about them kind of shows you that maybe he should be in charge yeah, because yeah. Sam's very harsh, like very, yeah. like, I don't care. I make the rule. Matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is the line. I have drawn it. Like older and, brother vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And Jacob's more like, okay, well, I see. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about it. Let's, like, be very, like, level-headed about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, though, like, I feel like if Stephanie Meyer and, like, the entire Twilight people – um, the Twilight Saga people, I f- want to do another movie. I would love to see like Aaliyah, <laughs> Sam, Emily, love yes. triangle. Like, yeah, that would be interesting. So much in the books, like about like mm-hmm. the intensity. So you see it in Eclipse, but you're like, you don't really like get it. You see it in the movies, but you don't really like feel uh, like as passionate about it. And you don't really understand it as much as you do in the book. So I would love to see that play mm-hmm. out. There's so much about the wolves that they like really kind of just gloss over that you don't truly understand um, from just watching the movies. And it's kind of a shame, but it would be really difficult to portray a lot of the wolf stuff like in the movies um, Mm -hmm. because they have to be like naked in the woods and stuff like that. And these are long (laughs) movies already. Like, yeah, they are long. They are long. Um, Okay. So – We also get to hear Rosalie's backstory, which I think is so well done. I love how theatrical she is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it gives you a lot of perspective. Again, like all of this stuff is just like setting up, like teeing up for Breaking Dawn, Um, but really gives you a lot of perspective into why Rosalie is envious of Bella. And it makes Why a she's lot of mean sense. to her all the time. Yeah. And like you kind of get – you're like, okay, yeah, I see it. I see it now. Um, Rosalie has always mm-hmm. been one of my favorite characters in the Twilight Saga. And that's like kind of specifically why is because she's like, I had a perfect life. I loved my life. I wouldn't have traded it for anything. And the fact that Belle is sitting here being like, oh, I'm ready to give up everything. Like I like don't care about my choices as a human. Like I would give up my humanity mm-hmm. and all of that and – She's like, you don't understand how precious all of that is because that's all Mm -hmm. I ever wanted. And you're just like, she just Rosalie values all of that so much more than Mm -hmm. Bella clearly does. Um, 
And it's just really sad to see kind of like that dynamic play out. But you mm-hmm. kind of, it humanizes <laughs> Rosalie a little bit more. <laughs> because up to this point, you're like, wow, like she's, she's got some issues and she does. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, softens her a little I bit. I get it and now. And you get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the classic, you don't know what you got till it's gone conversation. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Every rom-com has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I also she's love, great. love at the end of this scene when she like does the whole story and like she goes through the um, theatrics of her you know, chasing down Getting her back at fiance. Them. Like that's amazing. Dressed as but the then, bride coming to kill him. I love, I love it. Yes, I love it. Crazy. <laughs> um, but then Bella's like, I get it. And she's like, there's only one thing like I'd want in this world and that's Edward. And then Rosalie is like, you're well, wrong. When your turn, like there's going to be one thing that you're going to want more. And then like the music cuts off and she says blood. And so like, dramatic. It was so dramatic. Like that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It was like, whoa. <laughs> drama. But it's true. And then again, we, we're mm-hmm. talking about 17-year-old Bella. And you you think back when you're 17 years old and like what's something you really, really wanted. And you're like, I have to have this. This is the only thing I ever wanted blah, 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 like nothing can change my mind. And mm. that's kind of like her mindset now being like, oh, I just want Edward. It's like, okay, well, sis, if you just like sit on it for a little bit and I will <laughs> like talk to Edward saying like, no, like you need, are you sure? Like I want you, you need to, to have time. Yeah. Take yeah. time. Like I want you to have the opportunity to weigh all your options. I, I do give him, pro- him props for that, but Bella just being like, yeah, that's that's it. Like, I want that. It's like, okay, but again, sit on it. Think about it. Digest it. Yeah. Give it some time um, because it might not be what you want. Obviously, like, it turns in. It's okay, but. <laughs> yeah. Along <laughs> those lines, I made a note that throughout the movie, Edward kind of jokingly, but you know he's serious, keeps asking her, like, well, then marry me. Well, then marry me. And she keeps saying no. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, well, then we just get married. And she's like, nah, like, no. no. <laughs> but he just keeps on and keeps on. And you're like, dang, like, how persistent is this man? <laughs> and how many times do you have to say, like, I feel like the fact that she said no. She's like, no, I don't want to marry you. Or like, not mm-hmm. right now. And then, like yeah. you said, like, he just was like very persistent. Like, oh, like, will you marry me? marry me, marry me. She's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. At some point too, you have to be like, and then after they get in, I know this is like kind of all over the place, but after they get engaged, <laughs> then she goes and like max on Jacob. And you're like, I love that. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, we're going to get into it. Don't get into it yet. We have some more stuff to cover. Um, okay. So while we're on the line of backstories, we have to talk about Jasper's backstory. I hate yes. his Jasper. I hate Jasper's. Okay. He went from normal person to now I have this thick southern accent yeah. that is very fake. Where and I was a Confederate soldier? What? <laughs> like that came out of nowhere. Like <laughs> the, I yeah. the, the accent kills me because you're like, wait, I know <laughs> so we only had like four lines the entire saga leading up to this point. But never once did he have a thick southern accent until he's like, well, actually, I was a Confederate soldier. And you're like, 
Great. Let's talk about the side of his mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> so bad. He's like, let me what show you my. What does he say to phone. Alice? He's like, hello, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> um, but never. we get to hear his backstory, <laughs> which I think, like, in the book, the backstory is so interesting because um, yeah. he talks about, like, all the vampire wars of the South and mm-hmm. they kind of like, don't do it a lot of justice in the movies. But what I do think they effectively do in the movies is show the parallel between Maria and Jasper and then Victoria and Riley. Like, I think mm-hmm. that is very well done. And I've never really noticed it as much as I did in this rewatch because I think I've always just been, like, focused on how much I thought they botched the Jasper backstory <laughs> thing. <laughs> I do like the the parallel there. I, like, at first, like, yeah. when we go back to the, the beginning scene, like, I remember thinking, like, why do we care about this? Like, why – like I feel like the opening scene of Riley, like of that, I feel like we could have done without. Like I, yeah, I understand agree. that we were setting it up for everything else, um, but as far as those parallels of like creating the newborns and all of that, I think mm-hmm. that was really well done. And that that director who did the whole like like his he's known for um, like scary horrors like gory Mm -hmm. things I think that's where he really like shines here yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I so I'll 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 bring it up later we can continue (laughs) okay okay the anticipation is killing me um so move on from Jasper because I feel like we've kind of established his southern accent is horrible Mm -hmm. and that whole thing is kind of (laughs) whack um but really what this movie is about, and we've talked about it a lot, is Jacob versus Edward and Bella kind of having to decide like what is important to her and what does she want to do. And just throughout the movie, there's just so much um, like just brought up over and over again. And Liz, you already brought up one of the things I wanted to talk about, but like Edward constantly asking Bella, like, do you want to get married? And them debating like the concept of marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. one other thing I think is really funny is just like Charlie hating Edward, (laughs) like throughout the whole movie. Like it's, it's so comical. The unsung Um, hero is Charlie. Like he's perfection. He's so consistent throughout all of the movies. (laughs) He's just so great. He doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> yeah. So there's two moments with Charlie that I like love. So one <laughs> is when Bella gets back like really late from hanging out with Jake and he's like, Edward can't even like so much as like let you come back on time or like come back for dinner or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, like actually I was hanging out with Jake. And he's like, okay, like oh, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> Enjoy. Have a great night. Yeah. You want to go back? <laughs> um, and then the other one is when Charlie tries to give – um Bella the like birds and the bees talk oh god yeah and she has to be like dad I'm a virgin and I like where she's like mom beat it to you like 10 years ago (laughs) yeah I think it all works the same (laughs) um but he's like virgin liking Edward a little bit more now (laughs) (laughs) I liked in that scene when um now I'm like losing it what did he say? Oh, she 
he was like, I'm just as embarrassed as you are. And she's like, I highly doubt that. <laughs> that was so relatable. So relatable. Because my mom like always used to try to like – I don't think she was doing it on purpose, but I always felt like she was trying to make me feel embarrassed whenever she yeah. would like bring up the sex talks with me when I was in high school. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? Like I like, – I thought I we were the internet. Be, like sex positive. Like don't make me feel ashamed and embarrassed. But I don't think parents do it on purpose. I think it's just like when you're a kid, like you just feel that way inherently. You can't <laughs> help it. It's like magnified times like 100. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then we have Jacob. And Jacob is just like hating the whole movie, the idea of Bella tur- like turning into a vampire. And he goes from like – basically saying what I said at the beginning, which is like the moment your heart starts beating, like it's over. And then by the end, he's kind of like, okay, maybe I can deal with this. Um, But also throughout, he's like constantly goading Edward, which I just think is like so fun (laughs) because he's like so immature. (laughs) I want to talk about the fact that Taylor Lautner is at his peak attractiveness in this movie. Yes. He's wet. He's shirtless. <laughs> the whole movie. He's carrying her around the whole time. Yes. This man is just like, you're you're literally looking at Bella and you're like, take the bait. Take it. <laughs> he is literally perfect. He can do everything. He's an actual guard dog. Like, what more do you need? Like, you know your babies would be beautiful. What are you like, what are you doing? You can what, have like, kids, you can have the grandchildren. You can still like be with your parents and like yeah. still grow old and have everything you actually want because like uh-huh. in the back of her mind she's like oh I kind of like I want all this stuff Jacob can give that to you and I mean let's compare app like well not even <laughs> apples to apples like that's completely different because like Jacob like you said amazing like peak form mm-hmm. for him for Taylor Lautner and then you kind of look at Edward, you're like ah. Robert Pattinson's over there, like yeah. yeah I want to know, <laughs> like he is shirtless the entire movie. Yeah, I feel like all he like the whole movie, all he's wearing, and it, I mean it's accurate to the books. Like he's just wearing mm-hmm. like his cut off jeans because like mm-hmm. they don't talk about it in the movies, but in the books, it's like a really big deal that they're like running out of clothes, clothes. and shoes constantly yeah. because they, they rip keep their like shit apart turning all the time. wolves and yeah. destroying them, and so they're just like wearing like all these janky jeans that they get from like the Goodwill <laughs> and like cutting them off, and they're like this is good enough, yeah. Um, so the directors actually, this was like intentional. I know it's like part of the the book. Um, yeah. But they got some negative feedback after New Moon came out that the that the wolf parts were too serious and everything okay. surrounding Jacob was too serious. And so they were yeah. like, you know what? We got to start poking some fun at Jacob and the wolf pack. And a running joke was like, oh, the wolves don't know how to wear clothes. They're always naked. And well, like, yeah, because they're I mean, rightfully so. So the directors were like, "All right, like let's make this funny. Let Jacob's not going to wear a shirt the entire movie. He does not one time <laughs> put a shirt on, and they like crack jokes about it the whole time. Like um, Jacob or not Jacob? Oh, Edward. Yeah. Edward says something about like, can you put He's, a shirt on? Yeah, and, he does. Like, Bella like touches him and yeah. like all like the whole time they're poking fun at it because they're trying to like lighten the mood of the wolf pack so that's why also him carrying her like 
he makes it look very effortless and mm-hmm. I I like that. But I was kind of thinking like the whole time like is he actually carrying her? Like Yeah, he is actually carrying her. And so they they originally were going to have her like on this trolley system and him kind of like running behind her and they were going to like CGI it so it looks like he was carrying her, but it didn't look real okay. for obvious reasons. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, we're going to have to have him actually carry her. And like we know, when they're filming movies, they could take hours to do a scene just over and over and over again. So yeah. all those scenes where he's carrying her, they they had to shoot them all in one day so that Taylor Lautner could take time afterwards to like recuperate because it was so like physically intense for him to yeah. be carrying around a full-grown woman all day long yeah and he made it look effortless he did he did such a good job you know and I his like her job though like traps and everything like, yeah like, <laughs> the whole time I was like oh, okay <laughs> you know what doesn't look realistic in these movies is when what? the vampires jump and like attack <laughs> something and they like kind of like the way that they they kind of like swoop down i'm like why can't they just like you know use the laws of physics and just They're like supposed go to be like faster? bats yeah yeah but that's not really how it's supposed to be i don't think like they don't fly they just like jump farther they and glide. faster they're very no. graceful but they're not they're not supposed to glide like that's not how it's like described in the books they could have sharpened that up just like slightly <laughs> I agree. Like make it look a little more real. I mean, like Taylor Lautner is literally carrying, like you said, carrying somebody, and like <laughs> good for Kristen Stewart um, because <laughs> getting held all day. Like she didn't have to touch the ground at all. Um, mm-hmm. But like Taylor Lautner is putting in all the work. Like at least like the vampires could have done is like learn how to like jump, you know, or like yeah, stiffen up while Get they were jumping. Level. So they're not being like just gliding like Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't be gliding. That's no. so wrong. I like it. Okay. And then last thing about the um, about Jacob and thinking about Bella is <laughs> when the wolf boys like make the jokes about knowing his inner monologue, you know, and they're like, oh, is Bella going to call? Like, should I call Bella? Like, should I call <laughs> Bella and hang up? Like... <laughs> That was really typical cute. high school stuff. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love that they all like kind of like joked on him like that. At first it felt a little like fratty. Like it was like a little frat house with like <laughs> all these guys and like, coming out and they're like cutoffs and like no shirt being like, haha, Jacob, Bella, haha. Like, <laughs> but it, I think it did like add that playfulness and then added that whole fact of like yes they're in each other's heads like they know what's going on so mm-hmm. of course they're gonna be yeah. like especially like picking in like on the, each other yeah picking on each other and then like in that brotherly sense because they all are mm-hmm. brothers without like actually being like blood brothers but they have that yeah. one thing in common so I thought that was like really that was a really playful and like <laughs> cute way to be like yeah, yeah. they're they're connected um and very real too I feel like yeah okay so now we're gonna talk about the the kisses (laughs) very iconic parts of these movies and we're gonna talk about Jacob but we're also gonna talk about Bella and Edward um but we'll start with Jacob so Jacob gets two kisses in this movie 
So number one is he unexpectedly kisses Bella and Bella punches him in the face. And breaks her hand. Well, sprains it, but breaks her hand. (laughs) That was so funny. Like when they went back to Charlie and it's like Jacob, Edward, and then like Charlie. What happened? What's going on? And she's like, Jake, kiss me. And then I punch him in the face. (laughs) You know Charlie's secret. Charlie's like, like, heck yeah. All right. (laughs) Good job. You know, he's like kind of like, good job, Jake. But he's kind of like, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. But also, good job, Bella, like, for, like, standing up for yourself and hurting yourself, like, punching him in the face. (laughs) She broke her hand, punching my face. (laughs) I want to know how many takes it took them to get that scene just right, because you know they were laughing. You know that everyone, especially Charlie's face, where he's like, oh, and then he, like, looks this way, and you're just like, how did any of them keep a straight face? I wouldn't have been able to. That was a pretty funny scene. I will agree. <laughs> um, and then we've got what I would say is like really the iconic kiss, kiss number two, where Bella asks Jacob to kiss her to like save him from doing something stupid. And this kiss, I don't know about y'all, but I remember – like I knew this kiss was coming because I've read mm-hmm. the books a million times. But I very, very vividly – like when I was rewatching this – I remembered like the first time I ever watched that kiss like on the big screen in the theaters and just being like magical oh my god like wow amazing feat of cinema right there (laughs) it was beautiful yeah um also though so I that's my favorite scene like everything surrounding that scene like the dialogue from the night before everything leading up to that moment like you know it's coming the anticipation the scenery everything that happens Mm -hmm. afterwards as well is just like perfect everyone does what they're supposed to do Jacob is or Edward is forgiven forgiving Bella Jacob understands what the kiss was but also gives him hope like everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing and what they the way they should have been acting the whole time up into that yeah. moment and I just love everything about it it was very symbolic do we mm-hmm. have like like a kiss count though like versus like how many <laughs> times Jacob and Bella kissed versus how many times Edward and Bella kissed throughout the whole movie so yeah. Jacob and Bella have two yeah <laughs> and we know that so there's the kiss with there's a lot more kisses with yeah Edward, Edward and, Bella. and Bella kiss like every time this is the first time we see Bella and Jacob kiss there's a couple times where they got close in new moon um but they were always interrupted by something but this is the first like these are the first like real intimate moments that they have right um the only thing that bothers me about the second one is the part they cut out from the book was explaining what that meant to bella like kristen stewart you can kind of see it on her face what just happened um, but they cut out the whole part where Bella sees her future with Jacob and what she could have, yeah, if she chooses him. And they actually had a scene where, like, during that kiss, Bella sees all of that, and she sees them, um, like doing everything together, getting married, having kids, growing old, and like yeah. what that would have all looked like. And for some reason, they didn't keep it in the 
movie and that was a little bit disappointing for me that i think it would have been cheesy though i think it would have worked so well because if you don't know the books like watching that you don't know what bella's going through and she they don't really talk about it at all they do a little bit they give jacob the dialogue well Mm -hmm. but the only part is where um she comes back and she's like i don't know what happened and Edward says, like, you love him. And she's like, but I love you more. But that's mm-hmm. the only part you get. And then they just, like, move on from it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do. It's not in this part of the movie, but Jacob kind of explains, like, you could have, like, a real life with me. Like, I would be warm. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have, we could grow old together. We could have kids. And so, like, I think from a movie perspective, like, you kind of get that, like, with. It's understood. Um, yeah. I, I feel would like, love to see it. I don't know. I feel like sure. if we saw it, it would have been like in the Twilight movie when Alice shows Arrow the vision of like Edward and Bella like running together as I thought that vampires. was amazing. I loved it. Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So we also get <laughs> – you know, we have lots of Jacob, but there is a lot of Edward and Bella. Mm-hmm. And what we actually start to talk about with Edward and Bella is sex. And the fact that they don't have it. And Bella haven't had it. Haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Bella tries to seduce Edward. First of all, he gets her a bed, which is (laughs) fucking hilarious. I was so uncomfortable. (laughs) It's really Throughout that entire scene. I knew it was coming and I was still uncomfortable about it. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all exactly what I wrote. Okay, so I've got in my notes, I've got the sex talk moment. And then the next thing, when they have the house to themselves and Bella tries to jump old Ed's bones. That's literally what she's doing. She is, she is, she is there for it. And she's like, he has to, he has to give me this because this is what I'm requesting. And he's like, hmm. No. No. Stop taking your clothes off. And she's like, you want to do that part? And you're like, She was Stop. so rejected, though. Stop. I <laughs> would just see it like, like if yeah. someone was like, actually, no, like keep your clothes. Slow like, down. Well, <laughs> well, I'll just see myself yeah. out then. Like that. Yeah. It also wasn't really like like the forefront of her mind until Charlie said something. So I think that's like a note yeah. for all parents. Like maybe you should just like hold on. <laughs> yeah. until mm-hmm. they bring up the question. Don't bring it up. She was mm-hmm. like, hmm. Well, I am going to like, you know, give up my literal entire life for him. So, he could give me this one thing. Yeah, this <laughs> see one how thing. It, what I'm getting with I this mean, agreement here. And she's not I was, for that. <laughs> I was having flashbacks to Legally Blonde where um L the big guy, I forget what his name is, she sees him like trying to ask these two one of these two girls out and they're like why would mm-hmm. we ever be interested in you and she like walks back and she's like how could you take like give me the most beautiful night of my life and then take it all away <laughs> and i was like this is what's happening this is happening right now <laughs> yeah but um despite all of that somehow bella says yes to marriage in that scene also it's very sweet it is very I, sweet mm. yeah it's sweet <laughs> it's <laughs> Tell me. Is Tell me. <laughs> I just feel I like just, you go ahead, Courtney. 
No, you go, you go. I just, <laughs> I feel like, and this goes back to like earlier, like he's asking her, asking her, asking her. And she keeps saying like, no, no, no. And then it's kind of like, she presents something that's like, well, I really want this. And he's like, well, guess what I want? Like, if you marry me, it's like, okay, like, I guess. Like He does he- give a good like argument though. Because he's like, we're doing everything yeah. else wrong. Like, we could do this one thing right. Okay, too. look. All I'm going to say is you're telling me <laughs> this man is 109 years old and he's never banged. Ever. No, he's not worried about himself. He's worried about her. The whole time he talks so about he how has. Yeah. he's uh, – Yeah. Yeah. 1,000. It's implied I was that he does that in New Moon when he leaves her. It is implied. <laughs> We Wait. talked about this, Courtney. No, yes, no, no. Yes. no. You're not going 109 years that. Well, no, there's no way. Okay, but that's such a double standard. If I was Bella, I'd be like, it's no not, fucking it's not way a standard. Until marriage. It's not a standard. He's not saying yeah. that there's anything wrong with her. He's like, I want to protect like every part of your soul possible, especially if I'm taking it away. That's what yeah, he's saying. That's, well, that's, that's for her to decide. Like, if I mean, it is, but she agrees to it, so. If he's out there on the streets, that's like literally the most age-old <laughs> double there standard. On the streets. That's the most age-old <laughs> double standard that exists though. Like all the way back from whatever year Edward was born that men can just go like be on the prowl and like fuck around and then the women have to be pure and wait till marriage. Like Well, he no. thinks he's it's not it's not about her being pure for him. Okay? He also I already get it. I get thinks what you're that saying. his his self bullshit. is damned. He is damned already. But if matter. he can save Bella, he wants to. Especially because he thinks at this point in time, he still thinks that there's a chance that she that she won't make him change her. You're ruining so, the story for me because I've always imagined him as a virgin up until this no, point. Courtney. There's no way. So naive. So okay, naive. I was like 11 years old when I read the book. How old are you now? Like- <laughs> I haven't read the books in a while. <laughs> the movies are fake. They're not the same. Oh, my God. You need to go reread New Moon because it is definitely implied. Yeah. I feel like, too, I mean, you're just not roaming the earth for at least 109 years and not nope. getting some. And looking like that? Absolutely not. No. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're moving on because this is giving me anxiety. Um <laughs> So the Volturi is involved in this movie, which I think is yeah. interesting. Um, and, you know, it's kind of shown, it's not even implied, it's shown that they know what's going on with the vamp, like the newborn army in Seattle, mm-hmm. but they're kind of just like letting it happen because they want the maybe the colons to get destroyed. Um, and we haven't even talked about the newborn army really at all. Um, but there's a lot of scenes with the newborn army too, and them like all killing each other, which I think is weird. Um, I think they're like rather uninteresting, like as far as everything else goes, they're kind of just like a means to an end. And like you get the backstory behind them because it's supposed to like be this build up into the big fight scene, which the fight scene's very cool. But the newborn vampires were just kind of like, okay, like we've already seen it. Like let's move on. Yeah. Isn't there um, a book that Stephanie yes. Meyer wrote? Oh, yeah. yeah about Brie Tanner. Life of Brie Tanner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like – like, was that out when this movie came out? 2007. I don't think so. Uh, maybe it was. Wait, no. It, the This Eclipse came out in 2007. 
but this movie came out in 2010 or this book came out in 2010 which is when the Mm -hmm. movie came out too so they probably just missed each other Mm -hmm. i just so the movie came out in like june 24th 2010 so they were kind of like the same time so Mm -hmm. it's weird to me though because it feels like they incorporated maybe it's the backwards like maybe because there was so much need for it in the movies that stephanie meyer was like oh like let me write you know she's nope. creating it all in her head I think it's and providing the other way it around. to the directors and so she made the book because of it i think that they created intrigue around brie tanner so that the yeah. the book would be successful yeah it worked i was intrigued by her <laughs> she's otherwise uninteresting yeah but i don't i i kind of agree with you though i don't think like all of that adds a ton like i could have done without a lot of the like newborn scenes mhm um Okay, let's see if there's any – Let's talk about the battle scene. Yeah, I think that's really the only scene – There's well, before two, we get to the – There's two battle scenes that yeah, are important. there's two battle scenes. There's also the, like, before we get to the battle scene, like, just the fact that um, the vampires and the werewolves, like, team up, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of go against the treaty and they, like, end up working together and um, they have some, like – newborn killing practice sessions too which i think are funny and i love Mm -hmm. emma in those scenes the little training like montage of them like all of them like that was really cute that was fun that was like a little like treat (laughs) yeah i agree keelan lutz actually injured jackson rathbone when they were filming these um and jackson rathbone got a concussion had to go to the hospital all I was thinking about during these scenes was because last movie I learned that Jackson Rathbone does method acting. So the whole time I was just thinking about him being like in method acting and I was like distracted. I was like, this man is crazy. Do you think he was like walking around with his like Southern accent? Like, Oh, I guarantee Maria? it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Okay. So the fight scene. Mm-hmm. There are two fight scenes. There's the, the scene on the top of the mountain. And then there's the scene at the bottom of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, equally as important, in mm-hmm. my opinion. E- equally as important. So um, I guess we can start with what's going on at the bottom of the mountain. So the mm-hmm. newborns all come in and like basically the Cullen clan and the wolves like are going after the newborns. When um, the wolves come in, that is like the badass moment of yes. the entire saga. The whole series, like that is the coolest moment right then. They did such I a good job with it. Totally agree. I think that scene is really, really well done. Um, I was really impressed with like how kind of realistic it looked too. Like I didn't think it looked cheesy or silly. Like I thought that mm-hmm. was like pretty well done. And then also what I think is interesting about this scene is all the special effects with the um vampires so like the way that their faces like break apart the way you Mm -hmm. see like emmett's like forehead kind of break apart and then also like the sounds of like glass cracking Mm -hmm. i think that's all like very effective yep um okay so then we have the scene on top of the mountain and with that scene a lot goes down um so Seth is up there. Seth. We love Seth. <laughs> Cutie. And then Riley and Victoria show up. And this scene is so interesting to me because, like, I feel like you see a side of Edward that you haven't really seen up until this point. 
but it's really like him one talking to Seth and kind of saying like don't trust her like playing mind games kind of and then also playing mind games with Victoria and goading her to come back and fight him mm-hmm. which I he wanted to be done with her yeah like, yeah he but, wanted yeah. it to be done yeah no I agree um but it it's weird because it goes against everything that he's sort of done up until this point because he's very much like just protecting Bella and at this point he goes against it a little he's bit in the sense revenge. that he brings Victoria back mm-hmm. yeah yeah I loved the whole scene that they did I thought it was very believable the whole mm-hmm. thing um Victoria's actress I forget her name did a, a wild Price job Howard. yeah she was great um I do have like a little tidbit of a fact. So okay, fun. Ryan, uh, Ryan, Robert Pattinson said that they had a hard time filming the Edward Victoria fight scene because okay. Bryce Dallas Howard is so like such a gentle person and she's so <laughs> nice. And she said that she was scared to hurt Robert Pattinson. She was scared to be the one that hurts Edward because she was worried that the Twilight fans would come after her. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I could see that though. Um, I like that makes yeah. sense because Twilight fans at that time were were very intense. Yeah, yeah. One thing I do think worth mentioning though is I feel like the set in this scene, like I didn't like, like Why? with all the snow and like Bella not wearing a jacket the whole time. That, that was, was like weird. That was so like such a moment of like okay so we're gonna like keep her up in the top of the mountains where it's snowing and it's cold but we're not gonna like bring a parka for her or like yeah anything like Like so much so that she has to share a sleeping bag with jacob and then she just like walks out the next day after that whole dramatic scene and is just like wearing a shirt like she was like in a like a plaid like flannel and like jeans like that's it like that's what she wore (laughs) to sleep on top of the mountain it's like you didn't bring anything else like they should have like <laughs> thought about that, or like she could have. I mean, I know Edward. Like, oh, like the elements don't phase me, but someone could have been yeah. like, "Hey, like she needs a jacket," or Kristen sh- or Bella should have been like, "Hey, like I need, I need something else." <laughs> Who's got a coat? Yeah, anybody? Well, I think it made it look unrealistic because obviously, <laughs> like it wasn't filmed at the top of the mountain, right? It's a set, and I think that gave it away that she yeah. wasn't like dressed appropriately. Um, but Bella does do something really bold in this scene and it's a tie back to Taha Aki's wife sacrificing herself and she cuts herself to distract, um, Victoria and Seth. And I liked that. Not I Seth. Well done. Yeah. Riley. Riley. Sorry. Yeah. I think that was one of, that's probably one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene. Because it really does like tie back to the beginning of the movie or like the middle half of the movie Um, and kind of just – it's like a full circle moment and Mm -hmm. it's very intense and it's very emotional and you get like why she's doing it. And Mm -hmm. I think Edward kind of sees that too. Like, oh, Bella – because Bella's also been trying to make herself like – known to Edward as I am like a strong person like you're not believing me like I can make my own decisions even though like again she's 17 but you know we'll go past that (laughs) we'll look past it yeah we'll look past it but she's (laughs) saying to her like trying to make a point to him like I'm strong I'm capable like I know what Mm -hmm. I want I know what I'm doing 
And the fact that he was being vulnerable and he was showing weakness and she was able to step in and be like, I got you. Like, I think in that moment he was like, okay, like Bella has like transformed into this stronger person than she Mm -hmm. was when I first met her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very well put. So I guess just to wrap this whole section up, the only two things, um, out of this scene that I think are probably worth discussing unless y'all have something else is just like the Volturi coming Mm. and kind of all like the drama around that. I think Jane is like so freaking extra over her. I love Dakota Fanning. I do too. I I love love Jane. Like she's my other favorite. It's like her and Rosalie were always my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. The whole part where where, um, Carlisle's like, if the Volturi knew about this, of course they would have stopped it. Right, Jane? And Jane's like, of course. Duh. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, she does it very Perfect. well. So well that I'm just like, I hate you. And I love her. Oh well, my god. I mean, I love I love Dakota Fanning, but like Jane. I love Jane. I, like, I love Jane. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I think she's evil. Well, she well, is. But then yeah. <laughs> she's a badass. Yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding? She's evil, but like it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It is cool. She's also tiny, which I think is very effective. Yes. Um, and then Jacob gets hurt at the very end, yeah. saving Leah. And that Carla whole has to go. thing, like where Bella like walks up and like hears him, like you can see the pain on Kristen Stewart's face that she mm-hmm. like she's causing everyone around her so much pain, and she there's nothing she can do about it. She can't fix it, and yeah. she knows it's going to continue too. Yeah. She is the problem. Like she's the whole mm-hmm. reason that Victoria's coming in the first place and like it's all me. this time to happen. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one thing everyone can agree on, whether you've seen Twilight, whether you haven't seen Twilight, like if you're a fan or not mm-hmm. a fan, you can agree. <laughs> Bella has been the problem since day one. She's always been the problem. Yeah. Like yep. see mm-hmm. some character development, but still she is the problem. Mm-hmm. I do like how at the end she kind of says like I've never fit in like I don't belong like I've always felt like I'm like stumbling through life yeah. and um you see that it clear as day in this movie like that girl mm-hmm. has something <laughs> wrong with her yep okay so we've gotten through like everything that I want to talk about mm-hmm. um Liz Annika is there like anything that we need to make sure we cover before we wrap it up. I have one thing, but Annika, if you have anything, I'm thinking. You so you go ahead. Yeah. Um. So, oh, actually, I have two things. So okay. first, and we don't really like need to discuss this, but I just want to say, okay, based on Jasper's backstory, and assuming every all the other Cullens know his backstory. There's no fucking way that Bella would have been the one to figure out that Victoria was behind the newborn army. There's just oh, no yeah. way. There's crazy. no way. Um, second, some serious plot holes in these books. Yeah. Second, um, her engagement ring, hideous. Weird. It looks like an old lady ring. Yeah. And I mean, it I get is. it. It's old, but um, we couldn't have taken the diamonds and like made like a cute halo or like put it around a giant diamond not like a bunch of little diamonds i don't know but it's not cute i did put in my notes like the ring like just like i don't think i would wear that 
I just feel like he's definitely had time to like (laughs) create something. A lifetime. A literal lifetime, a century (laughs) to figure this out. Like a nice ring and maybe there's like some more in-depth like reasoning behind it. And I don't recall what that would be. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like first of all, we had 12 – or so like failed proposals and you finally get it right and you're like here's the ring and she's like the ugliest thing you've ever seen I can't say no now like I can't say no again like especially when there's actually like a ring in 12 or so failed proposals (laughs) I also do hate that's it that's all I have (laughs) I also hate that they were talking about like marriage in the beginning and I think it was Bella who was like well, marriage is just a piece of paper. And honey, I'm like, honey, yeah, it's, <laughs> if we're talking about someone who's like afraid of commitments because she's asking uh-huh. all these different questions and then she asks Charlie later about like, well, do you think marriage is worth it? And he's like, yeah, like, of course I do. Like she's like processing, like, is this commitment of marriage worth it? But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm ready to be immortal for this guy. Like, I'm ready to give up everything for this one guy. But marriage, ooh, Uh that's just a piece of paper. Like, that's – Homegirl. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really highlights, though, like what you've been getting at this whole time, Monica. Like, her age. Like, she's so young. Yeah. And, like, yes, she's very mature. But at the same time, like, these basic things about, like, what she values are not formed yet. And so that kind of goes into, like, why Edward – like is so adamant like hey don't be turned yet like you're not ready like you have so much more life to live and um I definitely agree like between the ages of like 18 and 25 you change so much and grow so much and like Mm -hmm. really become I think the person that you know you you really are and like learn what you value and Bella's just way too young and maybe she's trying to like capture her youth and like like her (laughs) Like her snatched body at seventeen, and like be like, yeah, that's yeah, the body I want for the rest of my life. I'm like, I can respect that. Same, yeah, who um, doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> of course. So I'm like, okay, I see that point. And then it's also like, of course, seventeen year olds can still make like valued decisions and like important decisions. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Courtney, like, and again, like what I have been saying is like, there's like a time between eighteen and twenty five is like that's a lot of change. And mm-hmm. she needs some time to like simmer and uh, and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't. She decides to get married. <laughs> and at the end of this movie, they end in the meadow and they're engaged and she puts her ring on and they're going to go tell Charlie. And that's how <sighs> Poor Charlie. The time it. for ratings, Court. Yes, Annika, you are first. <laughs> Um, and so just as a reminder, we use Letterboxd rating scale. So it's zero to five stars with half star increments. So I think I'm going to give it a 2.5. And I even feel like that might be a little high. But <laughs> I, I think for me, it's like the nostalgic aspect of it for me. Like, yeah. I, like I remember the hype around it. I was so into the books. Uh-huh. I remember like the midnight premiere of Eclipse and like all of that. And just, I think watching back on the movies, it's like, Oh, this is like, it's so nice to like rewatch this. And also just (laughs) how much that set up for like other pieces of important things in 
pop culture, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the reasoning behind my rating. But I will also say, I think it got knocked down a bit because looking back, while still nostalgic, I also feel like just like the relationship dynamic is so off. Yeah. <laughs> I do not appreciate that. And then, of course, again, the theme that's been the entirety thing, the entirety of all of this conversation is she's just too young to be making these massive choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Liz, what's your rating? So, Annika, you're a tough critic. Um, I give it a five out of five stars. Wow. Oh my God. Again? I thought it was, listen, this is my second five out of five for the Twilight series. Um, It's my favorite series. Okay. Give me some slack here. But I thought this movie was actually like really well done. Um, Like we talked about before, the acting like exponentially better, the way that it was Mm -hmm. directed and filmed was like you were watching almost like a superhero movie in some mm-hmm. at some times um, with the fight scenes. They did a really good job of not like over explaining things and kind of leaving some things like up to your imagination while still also making sure you had all the information you needed. Uh, I just thought it was great. Also shirtless Taylor Lautner. Mm-hmm. Five out of five. <laughs> yeah. It was very <laughs> um, well shot. I will say comparatively to the other movies. Uh-huh. I think this was the first one you're like, oh, this is like HD. It looks nice. It's not like <laughs> cringy. Um, I agree with that, but I think the sets in this movie are horrible. Like I yeah, think I they're disagree. like I thought they were all very really unrealistic. No, no. Um, I also <laughs> gave this movie two and a half stars, and the reason is because you're killing me. I know, but the problem is this is like the fifth Harry Potter movie. Like it's like a like a climax I guess to the whole series and like but like Mm -hmm. not quite like it's like right leading up to it and it's just like a lot of explaining and like it's hard to do that in a movie because you're trying to like explain and storytell as opposed to like actually like the story kind of speaking for itself like it's just a lot of like boring parts honestly um and then I thought it was really cringy and I the other thing too is I thought a lot of like the comedy and uh, moments in the movie were done specifically for like that first theater watch that you have when you go to watch. And like from a rewatch standpoint, it's not as good um, because it's like like kind of like in the newer Star Wars movies. Like I think that the comedy doesn't hold up as well, but just my personal opinion. <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, a two and a half Crazy star. Like, what do I know, but is like a it's a respectable rating, I yes. think, for a Twilight movie. Halfway there, and I mean, yeah. if you think about it, like from Rotten Tomatoes, like this movie got like a forty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and like it's tied with like three other of the Twilight movies, and then the other two got yeah. like twenty five percent. Forty nine. It's really, it's really made for one purpose, and it's for like the Twihards, and that's that was it. It was like, how can we make more money off yeah. these vulnerable teen girls? And they did their job. Yeah, they did their job. They did their job. So yes. that I'll give them five stars for. Um, but the movie overall, like two and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Okay, well, Annika, this was beautiful. Your takes were amazing. Um, it was. 
I'm so happy that you were able to make it on. So just thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to say bye, Annika, but <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about how you can find us. So if you want to find the podcast, our socials, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Be Critics Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'd appreciate it if you could leave us a rating, a review. And if you love this podcast like we do, be sure to subscribe and follow. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us um, on our website at bcritics, or bcritics.com, or you can find all this information in the show notes um, for the episode. All right. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys. Bye.